are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Faith is the divine energy of God. Now, it's been released into His Word. And that's why the Word of God is more powerful, it is alive, it is a living substance because life is in it. God spoke it in there. It's released in it. But if you just let the Word of God, the promise of God, now when I'm talking about the Word of God concerning you, I'm talking about the promises of God in the New Testament. You see, these promises are for us. The Apostle Paul made this statement. He said, the word that I preached was not yea and nay. It wasn't yes on some things and no on others. In other words, he said, I was preaching the gospel, the good news. And he said, all the promises of God are yes and amen. And that's good news, isn't it? In other words, he said, God's already said yes to all the promises of God. There's not promises in the Word that says, I'll meet your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, but, or if, on down the road. Now, certainly there are some conditions to some of these things. But you see, the thing that we need to establish in the beginning, that God's Word, His Word, is His will. So if there's a promise concerning finances or physical healing or whatever in the New Testament here, then that word is released to us. Now, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to have it just because God released it or spoke it out or prophesied it. It means that it's there. He's already said yes to it. It's His will. See, words convey the will of God. God's word conveys His will. Now, I see not everyone's word would do that. See, there are some people that speak doubt, unbelief, deceit, lies, and hypocrisy. But God is not deceitful. So His Word is His will for you. And therefore, the Spirit of God said this to me one time when I was meditating, dealing with this subject. He says, God's Word is His will for man, and God intends for man's Word to be His will toward God. It should be your will, whatever you speak. Words that are spoken that are not your will are idle words. They're crooked speech, perverseness of lips, the Bible calls it. And these things work against you. You see, God releases sufficient faith in His words to cause the manifestation of what He says. That is, if people will believe it and act on it. Now, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen to you just because you read the verse in the Bible. Because there's a part we have to play in it. And that is that we must take God's Word, we must believe God's Word, we must speak God's Word, and then where faith will come. Apostle Paul said in Romans, the 10th chapter, he said, So then, speaking of the preceding verses that he had spoken there about speaking the Word of faith, He said, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And then he says, in thy heart. Now, if you get a hold of this, I think it'll help you, probably help you as much as anything about faith. And that is that the word of God has to first be in your mouth. And then it gets in your heart. 
Now, you see, sometimes you hear people talk about, well, you know, you need the Word to drop down from your head down here 18 inches into your heart. They point towards the physical heart. Well, he's not referring to the physical heart of man. In fact, I can't find in the Scriptures where Jesus ever referred to the physical heart of man. He's talking about the core, the center of your being. Actually, I believe that it is the spirit of man that he's referring to. Now, when the Word of God gets in your heart, then it'll get in your mouth. And then the way you get it in your heart, you see, it it makes a complete circle because the way you get God's Word into your heart is to get it first in your mouth. Now, you see, there's two different segments of confessing, speaking, quoting what God says, and they do different things. And one of the problems with most people is that they've never gone past the first segment of it. They've never passed the first phase to get into the second phase of it at all. And that is because God's Word is life, and it is light, that you must speak it to get it in your heart. It has to become a part of you. It won't happen just because it says it in the Bible. So because of what Paul said then, faith cometh by hearing the word of God, then for the word to come alive in you and in your life situation and in your circumstance that you face, then you must speak it until faith comes. Now you'll notice the Apostle Paul did not say that faith cometh by having heard the word of God. Now, if he'd have said that, if that were true, then all of us that had heard the Word of God would have all the faith we ever need. We wouldn't need any more Word (laughs) because we'd have it. If we got faith or faith came by just having heard. But he says it comes by hearing. Now, hearing, the word hearing, is a continual sense. Paul puts it into perspective when he said the faith in God or His Word comes by hearing God's Word. And then... Right on the other hand, if you carry that a little further, is that uh, faith in the devil, faith in the enemy, faith in sickness, faith in disease, comes by hearing the words of the devil. Now, you wouldn't think that Christians would speak the words of the devil, would you? Not knowingly they wouldn't, but God prophesied through his prophet Hosea and said, God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they don't know this. See, you can't live in health and talk sickness and disease. It's an impossibility. Because what you talk is what you're going to believe. And what you believe is what you're going to talk. Because when it gets in your mouth, it'll get in your heart. When it gets in your heart, it'll get in your mouth. And it consumes you. Day in and day out, you think sickness, you talk sickness, you believe sickness, you are sick. And it started, it just about all started with words. Now, of course, you might have had some physical ailment when it started, but it'll worsen. Anything will when you talk about it. Your problems will multiply when you zero in on the problem and talk the problem. You know why? Because there's life in words. There's life in words or there's death in words. You can speak life and you can speak death. Out of the same mouth proceeds life and death, depending on what you speak. Now, we're going to get into this a little further on, into the book of James. And he talks about the tongue is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Well, now, he's talking about the unregenerate, untamed tongue. He said, no man can tame it. But thank God the Holy Ghost can. 
So if you're ever going to be effective in your work of the gospel or for Jesus or in ministry or in business or anything else, there must be a discipline in your life in the words you speak. Because there's times that you just like to throw up your hands and just say all kinds of things, make all kinds of bad confessions. But that's not the time to do it. That's the time to gird up the loins of your mind with the Word of God and begin to proclaim what God said. You see, that's where you find that most people add to their failure, add to their problem, is they get down on themselves and begin to talk against themselves. Now, the devil knows what Mark eleven twenty three said, knows what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, Whosoever shall say to the mountain, to the problem, to the situation, to the financial situation, to the physical situation, to the social situation, to the family situation, to the marriage situation, whosoever shall say to it, be removed, be cast into the sea, depart, be gone, to the problem area, see, that's what he's referring to, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have. He shall have. Doesn't have it then, the completeness of it, but he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, it's not just because he said it. And I think that's where we've missed it sometimes. Sometimes people said, well, you know, all i got to do is say it. Now, there's more to it than saying it. You see, you add life to words when you say it. You cause, there's several things that happen. Now, I started out to tell you, and I'm going to hook this right into it, about the first phase of confessing and proclaiming, saying what God said. It's really doing little more than causing faith to come. Faith cometh by hearing God's Word. When you speak God's Word, that's the first phase of it. It's causing faith to come, and it causes that faith to get inside you. Now, see, God's already released the faith in His Word. His Word contains the faith. It's not that you're trying to talk God into doing something or forcing God into doing something He doesn't want to do. Now, this is one of the problems that I've heard people talk about. They say, well, you're just trying to talk God into doing something He doesn't want to do. By confessing the Word of God, you think you're going to force God into something. Oh, no, no. I'm just going to tap into what God's already given me. You see, the faith is there. God's will is there. It's His will for the promise to be fulfilled in you, in this life. Not when you get to heaven, see. Now, certainly, there are some promises in the Bible that are after you get to heaven, but we're talking about the general promises of the book, the blessings of Abraham that has come to the body of Christ and is ours now. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. Before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you that we have a DVD offer number 7884 entitled, Intent of the Word. You know, the intent of the Word is as important as what the Word said. It's a 96-minute DVD video for $20 plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $25. Now, when we talk about the intent of the Word, in a court of law, I talked to a lawyer about this one time, and he said, you know, the intent of the law is as important or sometimes more important than the law itself. 
And we need to understand that about the Word of God, the intent of the Word of God. I heard a minister on television one time say that, well, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, when Paul said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. Now, he said that's not talking about finances, that's just talking about spiritual things. Now, you know, I've read the Bible and studied it for years, and the two whole chapters, 8 and 9 of Second Corinthians, is not talking about spiritual things necessarily. It is referring to financial things. Jesus suffered poverty for us. Now, what are we talking about? We're not talking about just spiritual poverty. He suffered poverty for us. He came to the earth. He lived on the earth, and he didn't have things that other people had, but all of his need was supplied according to God's riches and glory because he operated in spiritual law. Now, you need to understand that you have to receive the intent of the word. He suffered poverty that you wouldn't have to. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, spiritually, financially, physically, and every other way. That's offer number 7884 for $20 plus $5 postage and handling. It's a hour and a half video. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Caps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.